Awesome. We are, we are um, we're starting a new series today, and uh, um, I'm very, um, what's the word I want? I want to say excited about it, but it's, it's more than, it's more than excited. Um, two words to it. I'm super looking forward to what God has to say, but I'm also super intimidated because I know that God wants to say some specific things. And, um, and I don't want it to be anything but what he's saying. That makes sense. It, it feels like God wants to get us started in 2022 with some really critical thinking, some critical action steps, some, some transformation of our minds, but um, I, I don't want it to be anything but what he wants, and I don't want it to be, uh, I, don't, I don't want to use the word superficial, we don't do too much superficial stuff around here, I don't want it to be too human, if that makes sense. And so I'm, I'm looking forward, but also as your pastor, I'm like, okay, God, like, whoo! want what you want, and you're going to have to give it really clear. And so um, we're launching this series. It's called Kingdom Obsession, which even that is difficult. Kingdom Obsession. Because there's a lot of things that we're told not to be obsessed with. And um, and so over, over the next six weeks, we're going to walk through Matthew chapter 13. Because in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus himself says the kingdom of heaven is like. And it gives us very clear descriptions and stories of what the kingdom of God looks like. And so if we're going to be obsessed with God's kingdom, I don't want it to be my version of what I think God's kingdom is. I don't want it to be, you know, just our culture's thoughts on what the kingdom of heaven is. I want it to be Jesus's thoughts, ideas, and, and on what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so we're going to walk through um, Matthew chapter 13 over the next month. So one of the ways that you can be digging in and preparing and thinking is to be reading Matthew chapter 13 uh, this month and be using it as some of your devotional place. So this word obsession, what does it mean to obsess? What does it mean to obsess? The sense is to have something dominate or occupy your thoughts. Something that dominates, preoccupies your thoughts, your feelings, even our desires. So when we think about things that we obsess over, and we're going to talk about some of those, if you think about it, some of the stuff we've obsessed over, we do obsess over, it not only happens in the mind, it happens in our heart, and it happens in our actions. Obsession plays itself out in all of life. Another way to, to kind of give a definition of obsess is to think about something unceasingly, unceasingly, without stopping. To have persistent, you know, kind of, it's, it's just on our heart and mind all the time. 
That's, that's an obsession. Um, and, and then to use it in an active sense, it's this dwelling obsessively on something. And we can all get stuck dwelling obsessively on a lot of things, can't we? I mean, this morning, there were probably a significant amount of people who started obsessing over the freezing rain yesterday and caused panic and worry and fear. And, you know, whereas for me, I was like, whatever. I honestly didn't even look at the news. I just, like, went to bed, got up this morning, and saw, oh, there's some freezing rain, and got to deal with it. And so for me, there wasn't an obsessive thought over it, but I know there were for some, and I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. I'm just saying that's how we operate. There are some things that some of us would be obsessed over and other things that we may not. But we all have things. And one of my, my biggest heart desires for 2022 is that new life, that we would be obsessed with God's kingdom. That we would be obsessed with the king of kings and his kingdom, what Jesus wants to do what Jesus is speaking, and how Jesus wants us to be transformed, changed, and living out our lives. And so I want the kingdom of God to affect every area of our life in 2022. And I know that many of us have taken some really significant steps in 2021. Uh, even just this morning, again, not naming names or pointing, but, but I know that some of you, it's been five months of clean and sober. I know others of you, it's been a year of clean and sober. I know other folks who are developing deep relationships where before there were none. I know some of you have taken steps to read through the Bible in a year, and you've done it again. Um, and I know some of you said, I want to commit to some kind of connection group. And so there, there is, just to speak from some experience, there are a number of men who have connected every Wednesday for the last two years on our Men's Connect Zoom on Wednesday mornings. And, and so those are great steps. But what is your next step for 2022? A step is good, but what's the next step? I believe God has more for every single one of us. And we can't, we can't be okay with just what we've done. We've got to be thinking about what's next. And Jesus wants us to be all about the kingdom of God. And if we're going to be all about the kingdom of God, if we're going to be obsessed with the kingdom, we're going to have to take some next steps. And uh, I think the very first one is... Jesus is really clear about it. If you want to turn, if you got your Bible, uh, if you got your Bible app, whatever, um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. And it says this. Jesus is saying this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Mas bien, busquen 
primeramente el reino de Dios y su justicia y todas estas cosas le serán añadidas correcto sí <coughs> Jesus says seek first his kingdom seek first the kingdom of the Father that's got to be our biggest step and constant step. It's got to be our obsession to seek the kingdom of God in every area of our lives. That's not just about going to church. <laughs> church is good. And we've made, especially I'll say in North America, we have equated attending church with seeking God's kingdom. They're not the same. Seeking God's kingdom is about going after God's heart. We do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Going to church is about seeking God's kingdom as a collective group and, and honoring him with some time that we spend together. But it is not the same thing. Seeking God's heart happens in every area of my life, every moment of every day. And Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom. And he's talking about, he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about his father's kingdom when he's, when he's making this statement. And this statement is Jesus himself. These are Jesus' words. If you've got a Bible that has the black lettering along with the red lettering, these are red letter words. Jesus himself. Seek first his kingdom. Busquen primeramente el reino de Dios. Seek first his kingdom. And there are two kingdoms. Lest we think it should be really easy to do this. There are two kingdoms that we can choose. There is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God that Jesus is talking about. But the reason he says seek first his kingdom is because there is another kingdom that we can choose to be a part of. And that's the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of darkness. And we do have a choice. There are two kingdoms. Some people believe there is one kingdom and, and we can be a part of that one kingdom and God is breaking into that kingdom. We don't believe... There are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of this world. And we have to choose which one we will be citizens of. Now, the kingdom of God is where Jesus is in leadership. Jesus is in control. The kingdom of this world is where I sit on the throne. Where we put other people that are equal to us on the throne. Very different. When we, when we give Jesus leadership of our lives, when we, when we recognize our need for salvation, we recognize that if I do it my own way, on my own, I will end up in destruction every time. When we understand that and we give Jesus leadership of our lives, when he becomes Lord, our citizenship changes. Now, most of you know, maybe not all of you, but, but I'm a Canadian. And I'm a Canadian citizen, actually. I'm a permanent resident of the United States, but I'm a Canadian citizen. 
But that's not my primary concern. That's secondary. I am first and foremost a citizen of heaven. Jesus is my leader. And who do I pledge allegiance to? Jesus. All the time. That doesn't mean I don't follow the rules, that I don't respect our leaders here, but they don't have the primary. He does. I pledge allegiance to him. His kingdom comes first. Jesus wasn't saying you need to ignore everything around you. He was saying, but seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, the way he does things. So there are times when the world around us calls us to do it the way of the world. And it's not right. It's not biblical. It's, it's not according to the scriptures. And in those moments, we have to choose, are we going to do it in a righteous way, God's way, or are we going to do it the way that culture says is okay? Those are hard moments. Those are the moments when we have to choose to be kingdom obsessed and to allow the kingdom to dominate our thinking, our actions, our feelings, and our desires. And it's hard. We could go into all kinds of ways that that's hard, and each one of us have a story of how that's hard and why it's hard. From uh, I was reading this week, there's a BIC article, and it says it says this: uh, BIC is Brethren in Christ. That's part of our, our church family. It's who we are, and it says those who follow Christ are strangers and pilgrims in the world called to share the light of Christ. In the renewing of our minds by God's grace, we resist conformity to our fallen, broken world. Nonconformity calls us to reject the world's unrestrained materialism, its sensualism, and its self-centeredness. Rather, we seek to express the values of God's kingdom by a lifestyle of modesty, simplicity, justice, and peace. Or say this. Again, see. Los que siguen a Cristo son extranjeros y peregrinos en el mundo, llamados a compartir la luz de Cristo. En la renovación de nuestras mentes por la gracia de Dios, resistimos la conformidad con nuestro mundo caído y quebrantado. El inconformismo nos llama a rechazar el, el materialismo desenfrenado del mundo, su sensualismo y su egocentrismo. Más bien, buscamos expresar los valores del reino de Dios mediante un estilo de vida de modestia, sencillez, justicia y paz. Gracias. So what things do we tend to obsess about? What kinds of things do we, and I'm not going to ask you to give me what you obsess about, because Jesus actually tells us some of the things. Matthew chapter 6, if you've got that open, if you just jump back, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, the title of this is Do Not Worry. 
And so in this, it's worry is what? It's obsessing, right? When you worry about something, you are obsessing on something. You are thinking about something constantly. And so Jesus, he already knows we're going to ask the question. And so he gives it to us really plainly. He talks about don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about where you're going to live. Don't, don't obsess over what's happening around you. you know, so basically, he's first of all saying, don't worry, don't obsess about the life stuff. Now, we all need to eat, right? We all need a place to live. We all need clothes to wear. But we can't allow the need of those things to pull us away from trusting him. That's the hard issue. Jesus is saying you can't obsess over the life stuff. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. We have to be believing that he says what he, he's going to do what he says. He even says here, don't the birds and the animals have things to eat and drink? Now, that doesn't mean it's going to come easily. I was out uh, hunting yesterday morning, and, uh, you know, there's snow on the ground, quite a bit of it. And there's not a lot on the trees. And I was watching a couple squirrels. It's not easy for them to dig through that crust and to get down in and find. I, I was watching some deer uh, in a field that I was driving by in a cornfield, and you know, they're having to dig down and try and dig up the remnants of that cornfield. It's not easy for them to find the food. So Jesus isn't saying, eh, the birds just fly around, they find what they need, they find what they want, and it's all easy. He's not saying it's easy. But he's saying, I will provide it. And you have to trust me. Don't be so focused. Don't be so obsessed with what you don't have that you forget who you have and what he does. Jesus also says appearance. And this one, you know, I, growing up, was, was easily obsessed about appearance. I had, a number of you know this, and I'm not going to go long into it, but I, I was in braces and crutches from the time I was in grade one all the way through grade six. And so, you know, imagine this young guy, this young boy with crutches and big braces and, and, and how then you're, you know, how you're looked upon by all the other kids, by parents, by people, everywhere you go. Uh, it's just, you know, you're constantly thinking about what people think of you. And so that started me on a train for years, and, and even some ways it still continues, of worrying about what I look like and what people are thinking as they look at me. And Jesus says, don't worry about appearances. I created you. I don't love you for how you look. I love you for who I made you to be. Yet we obsess over 
clothes. We obsess over, over our look. And again, the world and the, the kingdom of the world pushes that. And we get obsessed over it. Men and women. It's not just a women thing. It's a men thing too. Big time. It just looks different. Jesus says, don't obsess over those things. He, 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 you know, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, talks about finances. And don't obsess over, we get obsessed over finances, don't we? <laughs> Money. Jesus says, don't obsess over those things. Don't obsess over the future. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow can take care of itself. But yet we worry about not just tomorrow, we're worrying about, you know, the next. And Jesus is like, don't worry about the future. Time. Why does he say that? How, why can he say that? See, if we are obsessed with the kingdom of God and we're a follower of Jesus, we are no longer bound by time. Eternity started the moment you gave your life to Christ. There is a reality to time. You know, I need to watch the time. I could, I could preach for four hours. <laughs> but, but see, you're all obsessed with time too, and so you'll walk out. And you guys online, you'll click. You'll say, enough of this, right? So there is a reality to time. We have time to work. We have time to play. We have a time to, you know, there's a time. But the obsession over it, life and death, that we're not bound by it anymore. In the kingdom, God knows the perfect timing. And so when Jesus is leading us, he's like, don't worry. I'll lead you into what you need to do in every moment. You just need to follow me. He also says, don't, don't be obsessed with family and relationships. And he's not saying don't care about it at all. Total opposite. But he's saying don't let those be what directs your steps, what determines your priorities. The kingdom of heaven, God the Father needs to be the one to direct. He puts us in relationship for our benefit. I think Jesus in this passage in Matthew chapter 6, he's, he's asking this question. Why do you obsess over these things? And I think there's two primary reasons. Two reasons why we obsess. One is we have false thinking. We fall into false belief. We don't believe that God's going to fulfill his promises. So we start trusting ourselves. We take the bull by the horns. So we don't trust God. I think another part of our false belief is that God's not going to provide. We've been let down so many times. We've been hurt 
so many times that we give up in trusting God. We allow what's happened in the kingdom of this earth to affect what we think and believe in relation to the kingdom of heaven. And I think another part of the false belief that we all deal with is that we believe that we're not enough. We don't believe in our value. You're not valuable, every one of you here and you online, you're not valuable because of what you do. Quite honestly, that's part of how we pass the time and use our gifts, but it is not the primary. You are valuable because God created you, he loves you, and he wants to spend eternity with you. That's what makes you valuable. You're his. You're his child. If you know him, he created you. You're valuable because of that. And the moment we start forgetting that and we start trying to earn our, our worth, we're playing into the hand of the enemy. And we start living according to the kingdom of this world. We start following the lead of the, of the enemy. And Jesus is like, don't. That's why Paul says, be transformed, be changed, be healed in the renewing, by the renewing of your mind. That's what we're talking about in this series. We're changing our thinking. We're getting our focus refixed in the right place. I think a second reason why we obsess that Jesus is getting at. So the first is false belief. The second is we have a divided heart. Our heart's divided. <clears throat> Again, it's not even necessarily that we've said, I want to have a divided heart. But we allow our heart to be divided. When in the book of Revelation, which is the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 2, verse, verse 4, it's a letter that's being written to the church in Ephesus. And as the letter's being write, written, the, it's, it says all kinds of good things about the church. I love how you're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing this. But, then there's a but in verse 4. But in doing all of those things, and being obsessed about all those things, You've forgotten your first love. You've forgotten why you really live. You've forgotten who it is you live for. You've, you've forgotten the kingdom of heaven. And the truth is, is that we have to surrender all of ourselves to Jesus. That's what kingdom obsession is all about. It's bringing all of our thoughts, our desires, our feelings to Jesus so that he can help reshape them, so that he can keep us focused and walking in the right direction. Because all of us 
will go our own way if we aren't fixed and focused. That's why Paul was really clear. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, Hebrews chapter 12. Let us fix our eyes and run, run the race with perseverance. Kingdom obsession is about acknowledging who the king is, what kingdom we're a part of, and making sure we are surrendered in every area of our life to him. Now, before we all go home and we start beating ourselves up, Jesus wants to walk with us. And in his grace and his mercy, he helps us make one change, one step at a time. So he's not looking at Joshua and saying, Joshua, your whole life needs to, like you are kingdom of world focus and everything needs to change. <laughs> Art, everything has to change today or else. No. Jesus is seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and then what is the end of that verse? Chapter 6 verse 33 say, and all these things will be added as well. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? If you set your purpose to seek the kingdom of God and my leadership, I'll help everything else in your life fall into place. That doesn't mean it gets easy. Let's not misread that. That then all of life is going to be awesome. It's going to be easy, smooth sailing. No, it's probably going to get harder. But in the heart, we'll see the hand of God. In the heart, we'll see the transformation of the Holy Spirit. In the heart, we're going to be more than ever united with one another, walking together, helping one another, fighting together, not fighting one another. See, that's another part of kingdom obsession is when we're focused on Jesus, he brings us together, doesn't tear us apart. The kingdom of this world, it's all about tearing one another apart. Division. It's because we're so focused on ourselves. And Jesus says, surrender. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things, all these things will be added to you as well. The food, the appearance, all those things that we obsess over will be taken care of by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Last thing. What we obsess over ultimately has our heart. What we obsess over ultimately has our heart where we give our time and our attention and our resources, that, whatever that is, it has our heart. So we have a really good way to evaluate what we're obsessed about. 
And I want you to do that, New Life. I, I want you to take time over these next six weeks and this week. Am I seeking God's kingdom first? Am I seeking God's heart first? Am I, am I focused on following Jesus in every area of my life? Is, is my heart obsessed with other things that are pulling me away? And what am I going to do about it? How am I going to walk away from that? Or how am I going to surrender that? Beautiful thing is we don't need to know all those answers. We just bring it to Jesus in an honesty and humility. Jesus, you know what? This thing, this relationship, this person has my heart. You're not first. They are. Or you're... You're not first, this thing is. I'm more worried about myself than I am about you. What do we do with that? We honestly confess it. And we ask Jesus to help us get it right. Because he says, if you confess, I am faithful to forgive and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? To change our heart. He even says that if we have a hard heart, which means we are so obsessed with the world, we're so obsessed with other things that our hearts become hard. He, he even says in the Bible that he'll, he'll take our hard heart and give us a heart of flesh. So if we've been hurt so bad that we feel like we could never trust anyone, guess what? In the honesty of that, in the place of confessing that, Jesus will give you his heart. He'll soften your heart. And I believe he's going to do that over the next six weeks. I believe he's going to do a lot of things as we surrender to him, as we come back to our first love. Seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Come back to your first love. Time and time and time again, and he will be awaited, and he'll do great and mighty things. Amen. I want to just bless you. Let me pray over you. And uh, Lord, we just, I just love, I just love your word, God. You don't hold anything back from us. You put it right out there, Jesus. You, you know, you, not only do you tell us we shouldn't be obsessed. With the things of this world, but you even you know give us what they are and how they affect us, and so clearly you say, just stop it. Seek first my kingdom. You're clear, and I love that. That's what makes it so wonderfully beautiful, and in some ways easy to follow you because you don't you don't kind of like drag us along or, or or make us wander. You you speak clearly, and I thank you for that. And Lord, I, I know I want to be a man, and I know there are many people that are here this morning, watching online this morning, part of New Life, that want to be men and women who are seeking your kingdom first, who are kingdom obsessed. And we need your help. We need your help, Jesus. So come, Holy Spirit. Make 2022 a year where our focus is on your kingdom coming on earth just as it is in heaven. 
where your kingdom, we're seeing it happen in every area of our lives where more territory is taken from the enemy and allegiance is given to you. I'm believing for that this year, Lord, for each and every one. So have your way. Father, I pray safety. I pray protection. I pray wholeness. I pray your provision over each and every person this morning. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing and you're going to do. We pray these things in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if you are interested in baptism, uh, I'm going to just mention, reach out to me again next Sunday. We're going to.